What is going on, everybody? This is JC back from the Fight Stance Podcast, here to talk a little MMA with you guys. It's been a good, I don't know what, three weeks since we had a UFC event to talk about. But uh, this weekend, we got to enjoy UFC Lincoln, Gaethje versus Vic. Uh, some great fights on that card, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I also want to talk about the MMA Pro League, which will be coming up in September. Uh, that is September 15th in Atlantic City. Um, and I also gonna, I'm going to end this with uh, some fan questions from Twitter. Um, a couple of you guys submitted some questions that you wanted me to answer and give me give you guys my opinion. Um, so I'll get to those and end the show with that. Um, jumping right into UFC Lincoln. I don't like to go through a complete recap of the card. You guys watch the fights. I watch the fights. You know, you don't need me giving you a recap. You can listen to any podcast and hear their opinion. So I just like to point out a few things that stood out to me, a few of the fights I want to talk about. The first one I want to talk about is Mickey Gall finally making his return since uh forget which card it was, but it was a Madison Square Garden card that he lost. Really kind of got exposed with his his striking ability. Um, and he's been spending a lot of time with Joe Schilling, uh, improving his standup. We all know that he's a, a Gracie Brown belt. His ground game is superb. His back takes are amazing. Um, the length that he has is, is something special The the frame that he has and, uh, he, he, he's, he's good on the mic. He likes to call guys out and so on and so forth. But, uh, his striking is something that we didn't really know about. Sorry, we did know about. It was poor. And uh, his his improvement in that area is something that we didn't know about. And that's something that I was really hoping that we would get to see in this fight. But the fight only lasted just over a minute long. Uh, he instantly single-legged his opponent, took him down, took his back, and choked him out with a rear naked choke. Kind of a classic... Mickey Gall wins. So we really did not get to see the improvement in the striking um, because he just didn't get a chance to show it. It just the fight didn't last long enough. Um, so I was a little disappointed in that. It was something I I had been looking forward to, but uh, you know it, it is what it is. And he he says he wants to get on that Madison Square Garden card. That's only uh, two months away, a little over two months away. So. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we can see it then if he's able to get on the card. Wanted to talk a little bit about his his call outs at the end of the fight. Uh, he called out three guys. He wanted a rematch with Randy Brown, who he lost to at Madison Square Garden. He said also he would take a rematch with Sage Northcutt, who he has already beaten. And he called out as well. Diego Sanchez. He called out the legend, Diego Sanchez. Now, calling out Randy Brown, if he wants to get that win back, you know, I, I kind of understand that one. Don't think the UFC will want to do Mickey Gall against Randy Brown in Madison Square Garden again. It doesn't really make any sense. But I can understand where his viewpoint is with that, wanting to get that, you know, back in the win column against Randy Brown. Sage Northcut, or who he called Sage Corncut. Uh, 
don't understand this one. When you've already beaten a guy and you beat him uh, with with no, <laughs> you know, no question. It was it was a finish. It's a clear cut finish. Um, I'm not really sure where he's running with this one. Maybe it's because Sage Northcutt just recently was a co-main on a fight night and he has a big name and the UFC is trying to promote him. And uh, Mickey Gall is just trying to get back in that limelight. You know, he he went from fighting a guy like Sage Northcutt to uh, being on a Madison Square Garden card to now taking all this time off. And he is now opening up the prelims in Nebraska. So it's kind of a fall from grace. I, I understand where he's trying to get back in the limelight. He's trying to get his name back out there. He's trying to get a, a bigger fight. Maybe he can get a co-main against a guy like Sage Northcutt. But to improve his record, to improve his career, to improve his stock, his ranking, whatever you want to say, I don't understand the Sage Northcutt call out. So hopefully that does not happen. Uh, And then the third guy was Diego Sanchez. Now, Diego is fighting on the UFC 228 card here in about two weeks. So the chances that Diego is going to fight on that card... And then turn around and fight again in November at his age. Um, it's it's not it's not good. And I hope it doesn't happen that way. I don't want to see Diego take some punishment in this fight and then turn right around and fight in November. As far as the name, as far as the name value, I like the call out. You know, a lot of people still like watching Diego Sanchez fight. Uh, you know the tough the the ultimate fighter one winner and he's been in the game for so long he's got a he's got a lot of fans he's got a lot of social media fans with what he's doing with the uh the gentleman who has down syndrome and uh getting him a fight you know uh an unsanctioned setup fight that he did for that guy and uh you know Diego's always been a likable guy he's always gonna have fans so I, I like the call out of Diego Sanchez. That's that's kind of what Mickey Gall should be going for. The the veteran who may be on his way out, but he still has name value. You can beat him. It's the Kelvin Gastelum way, you know? Kelvin Gastelum ran through Bisping and uh he was gonna fight Anderson Silva and he fought Vitor and these guys. It's the Kelvin Gastelum blueprint is what Mickey Gall is going for with that Diego Sanchez call out. It's what he was going for with the uh, the Dan Hardy call out. So Mickey Gall against Diego Sanchez, if it can happen further down the road, uh, I'm all for it. So uh, that's one of the fights I wanted to talk about. Another one I wanted to talk about is Angela Hill against Courtney Casey. The only reason I wanted to bring this up is because I want to know what you guys thought of the fight in terms of who won. Or were you guys judging it as the fight was going along? Because I sometimes I when I when I feel like a fight is going to end in a finish, I don't really try to judge it as it's going on. But when I see Angela Hill is fighting Courtney Casey, I'm 95% sure it's going to go to a decision. So I try to uh, judge it as it goes along and try to guess what the what the judges are going to uh, say about the fight. And in this case, I thought that Angela Hill won rounds one and rounds and round three. 
Uh, and I thought Courtney Casey had a clear round two. The judges' decisions were 30-27 Casey, 29-28 Casey, and 29-28 for Hill. So obviously I had it for uh, Hill, 29-28. Um, I follow, I, I do my picks on a, an app called Verdict, Verdict MMA, and they, they have where you can, uh, you know, you can, you can pick your winners and so on and so forth, but you can also do live judging. So as you're watching these fight nights or these pay-per-views, you can go on the app and you can act as a judge. The round ends and you go on there and you score it 10, nine, 10, eight, whatever. Uh, and then later on, uh, verdict might post the results of all these people, all these fans who are scoring the scoring the fight. So I went to see what they thought about this fight, and the verdict users, you know, they also agreed with me that uh, Hill won rounds one and round and round three. So um, just curious what you guys think of that. I I like Angela Hill. I understand she's not a a huge favorite amongst MMA fans, but you know, I like her. Maybe uh, I was a little biased in that fight. Um, and thinking that Hill got the win, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious what you guys think of that, especially round one, because round one was the tricky one. Uh, uh, Courtney Casey got a takedown. Um, once she got that takedown, um, she was in danger of an arm bar from Hill for a little while. Uh, she did well to defend it, um, but she didn't do any damage with her takedown. So I'm kind of curious how you guys go about your scoring when you when you watch these fights. Um, the last fight I want to talk about on UFC Lincoln, obviously, is Justin Gaethje against James Vick, the main event. I was so, so happy when I saw this knockout. Now, I am not one to give uh, betting advice to you guys. I'm not good at picking winners of fights. Um, I don't do tape study. I just kind of go off of what I remember, and it's I I, I don't do uh I don't do betting. I'm not I'm not a betting guy. I just I just like to pick winners for fun. And I guess if I was a betting guy, I would do some more tape study and things like that. But um. I just like to pick, I just like to watch the fights and and pick them for fun and uh, I get a lot wrong because of that. So um, I picked uh, Vic to win. Uh, I think I said third round TKO. I think that's what I, I know. I know I picked a middle round TKO finish for Vic, and uh, I couldn't be more happy that I was wrong. I'm kind of tired of Vic. I was never really a a, a big fan. I know he's skilled. Um, but I was, I was just never a huge fan of Vic. I wasn't a huge fan of his trash talk. Excuse me. Um, his last fight that I watched, which I believe was UFC Austin. Um, just, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of his aggressiveness in that fight. Uh, just, I've never been a big fan of his style, I guess. So I was, I was hoping that Gaethje won, especially because I did not want, Gaethje to go one and three in his first four UFC fights. I was a big fan of his coming over from World Series of Fighting. Um, I was glad he he kicked off his UFC career with a win. And uh, obviously two tough opponents. Uh, 
Poirier and Alvarez that he's had to go through. A couple wars. Every Gaethje fight is a war, but uh, not every Gaethje fight goes to war with a warrior like an Alvarez or a Poirier. So I was really happy that Gaethje got this knockout. And it is... There are there are a few occasions where you will be watching live and you will see a knockout or a finish that makes you jump out of your seat as a fan. Just you cannot help yourself. Just this this uh, enthusiasm of being an MMA fan just rushes through your body. And when I saw that knockout, that is what I felt. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, God damn damn like just just one of those kind of uh one of those kind of feelings and um man it's it's crazy i saw that justin gaethje has uh five performance bonuses in his first four ufc fights he's made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars extra in his first four ufc fights i mean that is something special right there um what what did we get about three flips in the octagon or out of the octagon after the win? Um, man, it was just, it was just it was just good to see, and I'm I'm really happy for Justin Gaethje, and um, you know I can't wait till his next fight. So, uh, you know there's a lot of fights I didn't talk about on UFC Lincoln. Great card, great overall card. No disrespect to all the other fights, but um. Just want to talk about some other stuff with you guys. So uh, I brought up that I'm going to talk about the MMA Pro League uh, coming to Atlantic City. Um, it's a startup league. Uh, I just I just want to go on record saying that I'm all about these these startup leagues who who kind of think outside of the box. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the PFL. Um, I like that they kind of went outside the box and tried to do something different. Um, didn't try to follow the classic UFC model. They said, we got to do something different. And, uh, they rebranded and went with something completely new. One thing that PFL did though, when they rebranded is they took about a year and a half off. Um, they took about a year and a half off. You know, they said, we got to change our logo. We got to change, uh, our system. We have to take this time to really promote that the PFL is coming. You know, they, they took a lot of time to really work on this and promote it and really build up a uh, a sense of anticipation amongst MMA fans of, man, what is this going to be about? And that was the first issue I had with the MMA Pro League is that they really rushed it. So the other day on Twitter, I saw a tweet from... Uh, cage side submissions. Um, I'm I'm assuming he's a well known guy on Twitter or girl. I'm not sure which one it is, but I'm assuming they're well known. They're a podcast, and they have uh, thousands of followers. And they posted something about the MMA Pro League. Uh, they they uh, mentioned in their tweet. Um, our good friends over at the Jersey boys podcast. Um, and they were talking about the MMA pro league and I put on there, I, I commented on there that, uh, I wasn't really, I wasn't, uh, I don't even know how I said it, but, um, 
I'm not expecting a lot of out of the MMA pro league. And I got into a back and forth with this guy and I, I wasn't trying to be, <laughs> I wasn't trying to, uh, incite this guy, but he kept saying that I was crying about it and it, it, it got really weird. I'll just say it got really weird. Um, and, uh, he ended up blocking me in the end and I'm not, I, I, I'm still not clear why, but some of the points that I was trying to make with him is, you know, they have a lot of inexperienced fighters, guys with losing records. Um, they're trying to promote the team com concept and so on and so forth. And, uh, this is going to be streaming on uh, flow grappling. So I was trying to point out to the guy, I said, you know, you go on their website and they don't even have all of their fighters listed. They have, you know, September 15th, it's going to be 12, was it 12 fighters? Yeah, 12, 12 fighters from Team New Jersey and 12 fighters from Team Pennsylvania will be fighting each other. But you go on their website and they only have six total fighters listed, all from Team New Jersey. And I know I saw two of those guys have a record of 0 and 1 with one of those guys. His pro fight that he did have, in which he lost, was in 2015. Now, what kind of following can you try to gather with guys with 0 and 1 records who haven't fought in three years. Now, MMA Pro League, they try to say that they don't want washed up stars from other leagues. They don't want to pick up the scraps from the UFC, from Bellator, from World Series of Fighting, and so on and so forth. I understand that. I, I understand that. They want to build from the ground up. But when you build from the ground up and you have these, you have these guys who have 0-1 records... You're not going to sell many tickets, okay? You're not going to get too many people watching your stream on Flow Grappling. I went to uh, a couple local MMA events recently. Guys had records like 10 and 7 or 8 and 6. You know, records that aren't impressive. Um, guys who use, you know, they're probably not going to make it big. Um, they've started off with a bad record, uh, at least as far as it comes to big organizations, but they gave me something. They've got 14 professional fights. They've got some experience. They come from some, some, uh, some bigger, uh, gyms that are around, you know, it's, you, you gotta have something. <laughs> oh, and one is not going to do it for us. Okay. You're not going to sell too many tickets on oh, and one. All right. The other thing I had with them, uh, my beef, and let, let me give you guys a little bit of a background on me because I haven't spoken about this. All right. MMA is my passion. I have a career which pays very well. Uh, I can retire early. I will have a pension. I have, you know, a nice house and uh, I take care of my family. I've one child with one on the way and you know my my career helps me do all these things but my career isn't something that I want to do for the rest of my life so last year I decided why not while I have this stability you know I have this career that's not going to go anywhere 
while I have this stability, why not take a risk, go back to school and try to do something that I'm passionate about and make a career switch. And, you know, I kind of had this view that if I, you know, if I shoot for the stars, I'll land on the clouds, the clouds being my current career, you know, shoot for the stars. If I, if it doesn't work out, I still have a great income. I still have my retirement, still take care of my family, all those things. So I went back to school and uh, I'm a junior in college. Uh, I'm 28 years old. I'm a junior in college and I'm studying sports management. And what I'd really like to do is I'd like to represent uh, some of these fighters. You know, I, you look at Ali Abdelaziz and uh, Brian Butler Al over there at uh, Sucker Punch Entertainment. And uh, some of these guys, these are the guys that I am following. Now, let's not get into Ali Abdelaziz and all that follows him. But I'm just giving you an example of the career path that I'm trying to follow. Now, given that background, I tend to look at things from a business perspective. Okay, I know a lot of you guys could care less about the business perspective of MMA. Um, And 100 percent go along with that. I'm fine with that. I understand it, you know, but that's that's what I like to look at. So looking at the business aspect of MMA Pro League, I feel like they've done a very poor job with promoting their league. I'm going to give you some examples. Their YouTube page, they just posted a minute long uh, YouTube video called Inside MMA Pro League. Basically, like a, they went like a did a behind the scenes thing with the president of the league. Um, God, I can't think of his name right now. He's a Henzo Gracie black belt. Um, he also runs uh, extreme fighting championships. Um, they did. It was just a short minute long video with him. Kind of a cool video. It had 95 views. It's been posted for a full week. It had 95 views. I clicked on their YouTube page. They have 18 subscribers. Okay. In 2018, your social media impact needs to be huge. If you are uh, a business that's been around for a while or you are a startup business. Okay. You go on the PFL page. They had thousands of of followers before they even started. Now, some of those might have carried over from WSOF. That's that's one thing. But they had thousands of followers. Some of that was uh, fueled by having some well-known fighters like Lance Palmer or Jason High or some of these guys. But yes, 18 subscribers to their YouTube page. So you go on their Twitter page or their Instagram page. They have less than 500 followers. On their social media pages. Social media is such a huge thing. Especially when you want to get people to. Uh, view your live stream. Of an event. You know say. Say you post the link. On your Instagram page. To flow grappling. We're live right now. You're going to have less than 500 people. Be able to see that. And how many are actually going to click the link. If they can see it. Okay so. Your social media impact has to be huge, and they've flopped completely. All right, so that was one of the things I pointed out. 
Um, the other thing I pointed out was the team com concept. Now, this has been done before with the IFL. Uh, people like to point that out. The IFL failed. Would it last three years? Um, and a lot of people think this will end up the same. And while I, while I tend to agree with that, I think that it can be done. Maybe on a lower scale, but it can be done. But my opinion is I do not care about this, this team concept. And the first fight, the first event is Team New Jersey against Team Pennsylvania and Atlantic City. I used to live in Atlantic City. I now live in Maryland, but I lived in Atlantic City for a long time. I'm from New Jersey. I do not care about this team concept. I'm 100% honest with you. I wouldn't I would not go there and be rooting for Team New Jersey. Could care less. I just want to see a good fight. If I go there and I'm I got a New Jersey guy fighting a Pennsylvania guy. And the Pennsylvania guy is a sick fighter. And he gets a sick finish. I'm a fan of that Pennsylvania guy. I could care less that the New Jersey guy lost. All right. So the team concept, throw that out the window. All right. Throw that out the window. I, I, I don't care about it, even though I'm from New Jersey and this is based in New Jersey. Um, the other thing is they're doing this point system. Now, I get they're doing the team concept and you have to have a point system with that concept. So what they're doing is uh, they add up all the points at the end of the night and at the end of the night, they announce a winner. So if a fighter gets a decision win, it's three points. If he gets a submission win, it's four points. If he gets a knockout or TKO, it's five points. As an MMA fan, I have a big problem with this. I have a huge problem with this. That a knockout is worth more points than a submission. As if, as if jujitsu and submission grappling is not a huge part of MMA. And I think where this stems from is... The guy who is bringing MMA League to us is a former executive from HBO Boxing. So what he knows is knockouts, is striking, all right? But this is MMA. So if you're appealing to MMA, submissions are a huge part of the game. What if you have... What what if you have a guy who is is basically a jujitsu guy? He's almost non-existent in this league. One of the teams is coached by Dan Miller. You know that's a that's that's a that's a big jujitsu jujitsu camp up there. Um, they're they're jujitsu black belts up there. You know, I I just I just don't agree with this this whole thing of a knockout being more than a submission, being worth more points than a submission. I think it's bogus. I think they need to make them equal points. If we're going to go with a point system, we need to make them equal points. And, uh, you know, whatever. But 
One thing I will point out that I, I do like with it is apparently these guys, these fighters are going to get stipend checks monthly um, for being a part of this league. So it's not like a, not like, a, you know, you fight and then you get paid or a, you know, you make weight and your opponent doesn't make weight. So you don't get paid. Nothing like that. You get a monthly stipend check, a monthly paycheck. So it's consistent income for these guys. I do like that. That's one thing that I found with MMA Pro League that I do like. Um, looking at my schedule, I am off September 15th. Um, so that weekend I will be making, I, I just decided this last night. Um, I'm going to make a trip home, go see some family and uh, go to, go down to Atlantic City and, and watch some fights. It's only about a maybe two and a half hour car drive for me so I'm gonna go down there and, and check out the MMA Pro League and give my first hand account on the first podcast after the event alright so I, I don't want to completely knock it until I'm there in person witnessing what they have going on and uh, I'll go from there so it's my take on the MMA Pro League alright so moving on uh, I asked you guys to give me some questions, um, some fan questions for the show. Uh, I'm going to check Twitter right now to make sure I didn't get any last minute questions. Looks like I got, uh, looks like I got three, um, I'll be answering and, um, all right, no last minute questions. First question I'm I'm guessing on the pronunciation of this, but it's at Smoke Loke. That is at S M O C C L O C C. Uh kind of a long one here. Um but from Smoke Loke he says, I'd love to know what you think of I'd love to know what you think Bellator's future holds after the the zone, I believe that's how it's pronounced, the zone move. I'm incredibly excited about the welterweight Grand Prix, but I'm having a hard time convincing myself to pay monthly for the streaming service. I'm a huge MMA fan, and if I'm struggling with paying for this streaming service, what do you think will happen to the ratings and the popularity of Bellator once it's not as easily accessed anymore? So I got to admit here, I'm not completely educated on the deal with DAZN. I know it's supposed to start with the Rory McDonald, uh, Gegard Mousasi fight. I believe also the Anthony Joshua fight is going to be on there, you know, getting away from Bellator a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm not completely educated on it. I know these streaming services cost, uh, about 10 to 12, 10 to $12 a month. All right. Now, me personally, I don't have the Paramount Network, which is what Bellator is currently on. Uh, The services that I have, I have Hulu. um, I have Fight Pass. Actually, that's through Flex. He paid for it and I kind of stole it. And uh, I have Amazon Prime. Those are the those are the streaming services that I have that I can watch TV on. Now, I recently got rid of cable. Maybe was it? I think I got rid of cable in June. And uh, when I was going through different 
different uh, streaming services. I was looking at Hulu. I was looking at Sling TV. I was looking at a couple different ones. And everything I was looking at, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to get as many networks that I know play MMA. So I needed FS1. I needed FS2. I needed ESPN because it's going to be going to ESPN soon. You know, I needed all these different things, but I also had to get stuff for, you know, my eight-year-old son to watch. You know, I had to make sure I had his channels and I had to make sure I had my wife's channels and stuff like that. So I kind of went with Hulu because it seemed like the best bang for my buck. And the only thing I missed out on was uh, the Paramount, the Paramount Network. So I don't watch Bellator live right now. Okay, I usually watch it later. Now, with the DAZN, what I understand is that there will be no more tape delay. That's always been a big problem with Bellator is their tape delay fights. You know, they have they'll have something over in where were they just at Rome, and then you gotta wait six or eight hours or whatever it is until you can watch it, and by then you've got everybody on Twitter telling you what happened. You know, you've got links from MMA, MMA fighting and MMA junkie giving you the results. And it's just not as exciting anymore to to go and watch the fight on tape delay. So uh, that's that's a huge thing if they're getting off of tape delay. But we're kind of getting racked up with all these streaming services. You got to pay for, you know, whatever you watch all your normal channels on. Like I said, I have Hulu. Then you got Fight Pass. Then you've got ESPN Plus. Then you've got DAZN. Then if you pay for uh, the pay-per-view events, you've got to pay for those. So I don't know, man. I, I, it's not something I'm going to pay for. I'm not sure what it's going to do to to Bellator's uh, ratings. I, I can't see it having a, a popular effect because if I go and talk to somebody right now but about the zone, they're going to be like, the what? You know? So, um it's it's like it's just not it's not popular enough it's a european uh streaming service um and I, over here in in america we tend to have some other streaming services so yeah i mean i mean that's my thoughts it's it's good that it's getting off of tape delay but um who's going to watch it now now it's smart that they're going with the the gay guard and rory fight to kind of kick it off that might get you some extra some extra people watching. But um, I'll tell you, if it doesn't come on my TV, I'm not watching it. I'm not one of the guys that likes to watch fights on a laptop or, uh, you know, my iPhone or anything like that. I like to, I got a good setup in my basement. I like to watch TV on my recliner. Um, big screen TV down here. I can be down here by myself with the lights off. And just have a good time. So if it's not coming on my TV, I'm not watching it, you know. So hope I hope I kind of answered your question. Um, that's from Smoke Loke. Like I said, at S-M-O-C-C-L-O-C-C. So give him a follow if you don't already. Uh, the next question from, this is my boy Mike Will, who I just found out lives about 15 minutes from me. So uh, Mike Will uh, is at Serial Sensei, it's C-E-R-E-A-L-S-E-N-S-E-I. Uh, my boy Mike Will, man, we gotta we gotta watch some fights soon. But um, Mike Will's question is: 
what percentage chance do you give Anthony Pettis against Tony Ferguson? Uh, so this fight was just announced as the co-main to Connor and Khabib at UFC 229. Um, I love the placement of it. I'm glad to see Tony's back. Uh, we thought that leg injury was going to keep him out a long time, especially for you guys that saw the the scar that he was sporting on Instagram. You know, it was a, it was a pretty nasty, nasty injury, um, despite the goofiness of how it happened. But um, what's the percentage that I give Anthony Pettis? Uh, so, like I said, uh, when I was talking about Gaethje versus Vic, I'm not a betting man. Um, if you're looking for somebody to give you any kind of betting tips, I'm not your guy. <laughs> I am often wrong, and I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, you know, me and me and uh, Flex, we used to exchange uh, fight picks uh, back in the day, just through text, and we would kind of go through each main event uh, and discuss who we thought was going to win, what round, uh, by what kind of finish, and so on. And I was actually really good at it. But when I was doing that, I was going back and I was watching maybe the last three fights of each fighter and then making my decision and really analyzing it. These days I go by gut decision and it's a horrible way to do it. All right. So let me let me just get that out of the way. Um, as far as this fight goes, you know, we got to see where Tony's confidence is in his leg. Um, it's it's. It's always possible with any athlete, any professional athlete, when they have a, a surgery like that, what kind of confidence are they going to have in planting that leg and throwing that leg kick? Um, you know, things like that. Is it going to be in the back of Tony's mind um, that he could re-injure it or, uh, you know, get hurt again? Maybe hurt his other leg. Who knows? So where is where is he at mentally as far as that leg? That plays a part for Anthony Pettis. Um, we were all expecting him to be out longer. Uh, he's a little superhuman in that he's gotten back so quick. Um, Tony's a lot bigger. Uh, he's a he's a much better wrestler. Um, they both have a, a good uh, jiu-jitsu game, mostly from the bottom. Um, both guys like to be on their backs when it comes to the ground game. Uh, so it might end up being a, a stand-up fight which would give uh, Anthony Pettis a shot. That said, I'm not a big believer in the Anthony Pettis resurgence. Um, I think Tony Ferguson is just a, a much bigger, better fighter. And if I'm putting a percentage on Pettis, I'll go, uh, I'll go 20%, pretty low, 15 to 20%. Um, I, I definitely got Tony Ferguson in that fight. Um, it's a three-rounder. I'll say it goes the distance. And I'll say Tony wins unanimous 30-27 to 27 across the board. Uh, like I said, I'm not good with, <laughs> with guessing winners. So you guys might want to bet on Pettis. Uh, last question I got is from uh, Kevin. This is at UFC underscore fight underscore life uh kevin's always interacting with me always retweeting my stuff so uh, I, I i love kevin man so uh, you know go out and follow serial sensei and also give a, a 
follow to Kevin. UFC underscore fight underscore life. Uh, Kevin's question is, what's next for Gaethje now? Especially considering the lack of damage he took, which extends his career. Uh, and then right after that, there was a comment from at the fight geek. Uh, go ahead and follow at the fight geek. Uh, the fight geek said it's either Lee, as in Kevin Lee, Dan Hooker, or Al Iaquinta. Now, there's there's a rumor that Lee and Iaquinta might be fighting each other. Uh, they've been talking trash a little bit this last month, especially the last three weeks or so. Um, and I, I heard that the UFC is trying to get a rematch between those two. So if we're going off of those three, that would only leave Dan Hooker, who is calling out everybody and their mother for a fight. But I'm going to I'm going to throw another hat, another hat, another name into this hat. And uh, I'm going to say Edson Barbosa. I'd like to see Justin Gaethje against Edson Barbosa. I just saw Barbosa yesterday. Uh, so Barbosa left the uh, Ricardo Almeida camp. Uh, Mark Henry and those guys. He's now training down at American Top Team. And uh, he's he's saying that he's he's ready to go. He's ready for a fight. And he said he'll fight anybody in the top 10. Maybe even top 15. Currently, he's ranked at number 6. Uh, Gaethje's at number 7. I'm not sure if that's going to change. They might, Maybe they switch spots or something this week. But they're right there next to each other. So rankings-wise, it makes sense. Uh, the other thing is Gaethje just knocked out Vic, who was number 10. I know these rankings don't mean a damn thing. All right, But just, just go with me here. Gaethje just knocked out Vic, who is ranked number 10. Dan Hooker is ranked number 14. So while I think that Gaethje would be willing to fight Dan Hooker, uh, I think a fight with Barbosa would be much easier to sell at this point. I think Gaethje would be much more willing to take it. I think Edson Barbosa would be willing to take it. And you look at Barbosa, the, the kind of fights that he's had recently with Khabib and with... Kevin Lee with them just taking him down and just wrestling him to death and just ground and pound and just grinding out these brutal wins. I think that he would welcome a guy like Justin Gaethje who he could stand up with an entire fight. We know Justin Gaethje has this wrestling background, but he never uses it. So Justin Gaethje wants to stand. Edson Barbosa is one of the more fierce strikers in uh, the UFC and uh, I just I, I would want a five rounder out of those guys. So, yeah, that's that's my next pick um, for what's next for Gaethje is uh, I would I would love to see Edson Barbosa, you know, give me a, another fight night with Gaethje, make it a, a, a five rounder and, and let's go. So um, thank you guys for submitting those those questions that actually that was actually pretty fun, to be honest with you. Um. Our next podcast will be, uh, you can put it in your calendar. It's going to be September 6th. Um, that's going to be episode five of the Fight Stance podcast. Flex will be flying in. Uh, if you guys don't know, we live on opposite sides of the country. Um, so that's why we can't do the podcast too often. But Flex will be flying in. We'll be recording that day. We'll be talking about UFC 228. 
uh, Darren Till, Tyron Woodley. Um, that's that's an amazing card we got coming up. So looking forward to that. Hope you guys tune in. Hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, give me some retweets. Give me some shares. Tell your friends. Um, we're thinking about making some T-shirts soon. So might be sending you guys some T-shirts. Uh, make you make sure you support your uh, Fight Stance podcast T-shirts on Twitter and Instagram and at your local gym and everything else and uh, uh, help promote us if if you enjoy listening and uh, give some feedback. Let us know what you think as always. And until next time. <laughs>